I'm excited to be here. I know that my husband is more excited for me to get home. And he says, well, what's your problem? You want to move back to New York? I said, I'm not speaking that. But if you speak it, that's a different story. And he says, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know either. It's, you know, that's your call, not mine. He says, you live there. I said, well, I'm a New Yorker from, you know, what can I tell you? That's, that's where God has called me to be. This is where he, asks, he sends me to minister, and so I'm obedient to what God sends me to do. Amen? And today I'm just extremely, extremely blessed to see everyone here, to know that God has a divine purpose in our lives, and that God is not a liar, that God fulfills his word in spite of circumstances, in spite of what we go through, in spite of everything we see, God has promised and he is faithful to his promises. That's why be, be of good courage today. Wait on the Lord and he shall fulfill his destiny in you. Because it's his destiny, not ours. You know, sometimes we like to think that we have control over our lives. You know, and God, you know, like, okay, go ahead. And then God just brings us back to where we need to be. So if some of you are struggling, let go and let God. Let him be what he wants to be in your life. Let him use you. There is such gifting and power in this congregation that you're at a point of breaking. You know, you either do or die. And God is a God of opportunities. He constantly gives us opportunities to bring us back to where we need to be. This is why many of us find ourselves going through the same situations over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because God is a God of opportunities. And he's allow, he allows us to go through so that we can come back to the reality that he has called us. He has called us holy. He has given us of his spirit. He put his spirit within us. Something happened the moment you believed, the moment you received Jesus. There was an impartation of God, the holy God in us. And maybe we're not where we're supposed to be, but we're getting there. Every time I think of what God did in my life, I say, God, only you could do this. Took a crazy person wanting to commit suicide and God just delivered me instantly and told me now you go and teach others that's why nothing shocks me because God is able to take from the deepest darkest corner of the earth he can take you from under a rock the Bible says in Isaiah take you out and and just prepare you and send you out God doesn't look for perfection he is the one that's perfecting us and when you get a hold of that, you're able to let go and let God do what he wants in your life, you know. Know that when I, you know, I pray 10 hours, maybe, let me tell you, if you pray 10 hours, bless you. <laughs> bless you very much. I'm sorry I'm not that holy. I know how to cry on God, but 10 hours, John no sing. <laughs> I 
Can I be myself? I'm going to be myself regardless if you agree with me or not. I can't be anybody but who I am. Bless God. And I thank God for this opportunity for this last Sunday that I spent in New York. I remember you plan to come back in March. And um, I thank God for restoring relationships in this time that I've been here. He's been restoring relationships, bringing back people in my life that I love dearly. And, and I'm so blessed by that. Just taking and doing what he needs to do because God is a God of reconciliation. Say reconciliation. That has to be far most, the most important thing in your life. Reconciliation. We're, we're difficult creatures sometimes. Let me tell you, opinionated. Ay, bendito. But you know, God has made us ministers of reconciliation according to the Bible in 2nd of Corinthians chapter 5. We are ministers of reconciliation. And we must start with each other. You know, if I can't love my brother who's next to me, how can I love anybody else? You know, so God is doing a powerful thing here. Don't take it lightly. Don't take the presence of God lightly. Don't take the anointing lightly. It's precious. You know, that, that symbol of oil, that was something precious. You know, the spirit of God is something precious. It's too precious for us to let it go. It's too precious for us to say, I'm nobody. How dare you? Say that you're nobody. God made you somebody. He made you his child. Made in his image. Put his spirit inside of you. Transformed your life instantly. Your mind needs to be renewed. But you know what he did in the inside of you? That is such a miracle in itself. Sometimes we're looking for miracles. Take a look in the mirror once in a while. I say, man, I'm a miracle. I'm still standing regardless of what I go through. Regardless of how my day is. Regardless of how I mess up. Does anybody mess up here other than me? Can I get a witness? <laughs> and God still calls me his daughter. Still loves me. Still tells me I belong to him. Even when I don't feel like I belong it says he will not give up on me. We live for only a lifetime, but what God did was eternal. You have eternal. Tell your neighbor, I have eternal salvation. Do you realize what you just said? Eternal. That means ever-present, steady, continuous, doesn't change, doesn't vary. And we worry so much about what our lives have become or are becoming. Don't worry about your life. Worry about what God has for you and how he can take the most ugliest thing in your life and turn it into the most precious thing you have. He can use that which you have lived through to bless somebody else's life. You have to believe that today. I come to impart upon you. You guys were just, the leaders were, you know, in the presence of God. And there is such a flow here and there's such an anointing. But what happens after today? As in all, 
things that we go through, right? When we're in the presence of God and we're concentrated in the presence of God and there's such a flow and we feel so blessed. But what happens after today? What happens when you have to make decisions that affect your life, your family's life, that affects your future, your generations to come after you? Because every day we have to make a decision. And today I choose to rejoice in the Lord. In spite of what I've, whatever I may go be going through, I'm going to smile at the Lord. I'm going to say, God, you are just, you're so awesome. God, you're so wonderful. Give him a smile. And say, man, I love you, Daddy. I love you. I love you because you taught me what love was when I didn't know. Smile, everybody smile at daddy, smile. And give him a nice smile. Yes, daddy. Thank you, daddy. See, when you feel like you're down, give him a smile. Because you know what? Jesus rejoices over you with singing. Can you imagine that? Can you picture that, Pastor Victor? That we're in the midst of worship and the Spirit of Christ is in the midst of us. And could you imagine him rejoicing with us? Dancing with us to the Father. Can you picture that? We need to open our spiritual eyes and see beyond what we see in front of us and realize that we are spiritual beings with a spiritual destiny that we are going to fulfill regardless of what the enemy does because the enemy is only a trophy for God to show off who we are. Think of it that way. And I'm always having problems. Well, bless God. What have you learned from them? Who can you witness to? Who can you tell? Listen, I've been there. I know how it feels. But God, I thought I was going to go crazy, but God kept me sane. I was sick and I couldn't get up out of bed. I was diagnosed with cancer in the pancreas. And God said, no, your work is not finished yet. Get up. And I got up out of the bed wobbling. And I said, I'm going to trust in you regardless. And today they can't find nothing. Only God. Come on. Because Jesus said, I'm not finished. See, God decides your future. He decides when you go. And when he said, get up, I mean, I wobbled. I couldn't, I couldn't even see straight. And then I started getting strong. And God said, go. And I'm like, okay. And God is such a good God. See, don't be afraid of what the doctors may tell you. Believe in God. Because even with your sickness, you can still, you can still do God's will. You can still open your mouth and bless God. You can still say he heals, he delivers, he sets free. 
you can still confess that he is good in spite of your circumstances. You know, we have to learn how to just trust God. And if anything I can leave with you today, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And acknowledging him is knowing that he is in full control. Even if you feel out of control, he is in control and taking you where you need to be. In spite of it all. So if you see us move back to New York, just bless God. Let's open the, the Bible up to Ruth chapter 1. Just want to touch up on that a little bit. Ruth, the book of Ruth. That's in between something and something. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> chapter 1. Okay, and I'm going to start from verse... Seven, and it would be nice to put on my glasses, right? Oh, the vanity of it all. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Let's start from verse 6, rather, okay? And when she heard that in Moab that the Lord had come to aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. And with her two daughter-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud and said to them, we will go back with you to your people. But may Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why should you come with me as I'm going to have any more children who will become your husband and return home, my daughters, I'm too old to have another husband. And even though, and even if I thought there would be hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and give birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. And as and at this, they wept again, and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Father, we thank you for your word. It's eternal. It is already written in heaven and fulfilled. And so we thank you today as we are in your presence that you would give us understanding, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would change the situations of our heart because it starts with our heart first and as you change our heart we change our outlook and trust in you because your promises are yes and amen, amen. and we bless you today in jesus name yes. amen i want to talk to you a little bit about the word decisions because decision is an interesting word you know, every day we have to make decisions. We get up in the morning and we decide what we're going to wear. We decide what we're going to eat. 
Some of us decide how we're going to wear our hair. This is women. It's a women thing, right? We just, if it's rainy, we want to put it up. If it's nice, we want to let it loose. Men decide what they're going to wear, what they're going to do, what they're going to eat, where they're going to go. Usually, they're already home by the time they go to work. They're thinking about getting home and what they're going to eat. Am I speaking truth? Those of you who cook, I don't cook. My husband does the cooking. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't got to worry about it. Only when he wants rice and beans. And we, make, we come across daily on making decisions. So if we were to simplify the definition of decision, it would be making a choice. And before you can make a choice, you have to have various things or options in order for you to choose what you really want to do. Some of us make choices on what school our children should go to because we deem it necessary for them to have a good school. Anybody with me? Some of us decide to go get an, an, an education because we need to to get a better job. Some of us make decisions every single day. So decision is based on choices. What choice are you going to make? And it's interesting because from the very beginning God spoke to man about making choices. The first choice he gave Adam was, here is the life, the tree of life, and here is the tree of what? And he told them, don't eat from this one, right? Eat from yeah. this one. But he made a choice. That means that he was free to choose what he was going to do. That's why you and I have the freedom to choose what we're going to do, good or bad. That's why we need to choose under the will and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, always using scripture as our guide, but making sure that this is for the better and not for the worse. A lot of choices that people have made is marrying the wrong person. Can I go there? We marry the wrong person. And sometimes in spite of what we see in them during the tide of, time of courtship or the things that we deem real cute, we hate once we get married. It becomes annoying. Those little things that we, oh, that's so cute. It becomes, <laughs> it becomes annoying. So see, even in those choices, you have to be very careful because once you get married, God expects you to keep covenant because you made a choice. Many of us decide what church we're going to go to and who we're going to allow to pastor us. And some of us make those choices and we don't like it and we go to another church, finding another pastor are we not going to find difficulties in other churches? Are we going to find the pastor perfect? No, because he's a man. But if you chose Pastor Victor to be your pastor, and you chose Calvary to be your church, 
then do me a favor very bluntly. Shut up, suck it up, and work for the Lord. Because you made a choice. Don't allow anyone to take you to a place where you're going to be critical about everything. You know, crit criticism is an ugly thing. It contaminates the heart. It contaminates your soul. It contaminates you. It brings you to a point where you look at people differently. You lose honor for them. You lose respect. Don't allow yourself to go there. Because as much as you will respect, you will be respected. Honor those who you work among. I'm so happy that the leaders got a chance to spend together and really know each other and really have that time of fellowship and knitting together because this is a time where God is going to begin to promote people. And you have to keep that in mind because promotion may not come to you. It may come to somebody else. And so you need to honor those in which God places in Pastor Victor's heart to promote. Don't get upset. Be blessed. I speak this prophetically. I don't know what's going on. Only God knows. You know, you guys can judge. I'm fine with judging everything I say. I don't have a problem. I'm not perfect. I'm being perf perfected. We are supposed to judge everything that's spoken. Is that okay? Now, don't get upset if you say something and somebody judges what you say. It's okay. Let them judge it. They can even say, I don't receive that. I don't have to receive it. If it's God, it's going to be fulfilled regardless. Whether you agree with it or not. I've learned that, you know, when I used to get hurt out of people not receiving, God fulfilled, you know. I didn't go, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, wow, God. I don't know how we want to know. We got to allow ourselves to be, let the word be judged and let God do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And so, see, God is taking us to places where we have to make choices and serious ones and stick to them. I cannot make a choice now and change my mind five minutes later. That means I'm unstable. And an unstable person don't go very far. Because an unstable person is going to pick up and run when the time gets very tough. And you, sometimes you got to get very tough in ministry. Sometimes you just got to face up to things that are very difficult for you. You have to put yourself aside. Sometimes you got to cry by yourself and hurt by yourself, but continue to minister. And continue to do what God has put you to do. Learn from those around you. If one thing I've learned about Pastor Victor is that he has been steady. He's been a steady man. No one can tell me otherwise. He's been steady. Very few pastors I have seen, and this is not because I want to, you know, pump him up. It doesn't matter to me one way or another. But I need, you, need to give, you need to give honor where honor is due. And I've seen this man humble himself in front of a congregation when he's made a mistake, and he's just fessed up to it. That's honorable. A lot of pastors don't do that. They blame it on somebody else. But when a man can come up and really say, forgive me, I made a mistake, that man is worth following because you know that he understands his limitations. He relies on God and relies on you, and he has made covenant, and he takes that very seriously. Amen? 
very seriously. So today I want to ask you a question. Where are the spiritual mothers and fathers of the congregation? Because pastor cannot do this alone. We need to be mature enough to be able to help those that are coming into this congregation. You guys have gone through hell and high water. You've been through so many transition. It's like, it's incredible. You've been through so many places and you're still standing. Why? Because God is here. You know, many people came and left, but there's a, I see faces that have been here a long time and they're here to stay. And now is the time where God is going to begin to take you to the place of opening up your hearts and opening up your home because this church is going to multiply. Now I'm speaking very prophetically. But this is the time where you need to be careful of what you allow in your spirit. When you have a complaint, talk to your leader. Only speak to your leader. You have the capability to speak about what you're feeling because maybe something you don't know. Maybe there's something happening within the leadership. You don't know what's going on. You don't have to know everything. But I know that the enemy plays with people's mind. So talk to your leader. Tell them how you feel. And keep it between you and your leader. And the things you don't know, leave it to God. Just leave it. Leave it alone. And let God begin to build you up. Because this is the time where people are coming into this congregation. I'm sorry to tell you, you're going to move soon. You're out of here. This is not the place that you need to be. This is not the vision that God has for you. This was only a stepping stone for you to get where God wanted you to get. This is not your home. This is not your place. You know, some of us get comfortable in one place, you know. Don't get comfortable because this is not the place. This is not the place. And things that happen in the past happen in the past because God ordained them that way. Because the steps of a righteous man are ordained by God, are ordered by God. And if you believe that, then you must trust in God that whatever happened, happened because God allowed it and it was God's plan. But now is the time where you need to step up to the plate and zip it and do the work. Because your job is to do the work of the ministry according to scripture. Ephesians chapter 4. Write it down and read it later. It's your turn to work. Some of us get so comfortable for the leadership. And for those that are in front to just do the work. And we get comfortable sitting down. Your place is not to sit. Your place is to do the work of the ministry. Their job is to train you to do the work of the ministry. Your job is to do the work of the ministry. And begin to multiply. Because there are many souls that are crying out even now. If you pray. And you pray. And you see God. You can actually hear souls crying. Cry. 
because there's no one to speak to them or no one to show them. There are so many pastors that are so erroneous out there doing so much evil to so many people. But they are godly people and godly pastors still standing. And we have to receive them, heal them, and prepare them. Oh, you missed a, a great moment for God. Yes. Naomi made a decision based on her circumstances, which were not good circumstances. At a time where the men was the provider, the woman was not considered to be able to provide for herself. Not only does she lose her husband, she loses her two sons. And now there's three women without any kind of resource income or anything. And Naomi decides to return back to her homeland, Bethel, house of bread. Interesting, isn't it? Left because there wasn't any food. Went to Moab. If you know anything about history, you know that the Moabites were not friendly with Israel. And they went to a place where it wasn't exactly God's will for them to go. And as a result, they lost. She lost her family. But now she returns back to her homeland. And she tells her daughters and laws, please leave me. I don't have nothing to give you. I have nothing to offer you. But one, Ruth said, I'm going with you. Your God shall be my God. Where you live, I live. Where you will be buried, I will die also. We need more daughters. But we need spiritual mothers to stand up and be mothers. To go where you need to go at the time you need to go. To speak to whomever you have to speak to. Sometimes you're just there to listen. And love. And say, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to apologize for what other people do. Because if we are representatives of the church of the living God, then if people are hurting with the church, we have to say, I am so deeply sorry you went through that. Forgive me. Because I'm part of the church. And though I may not have been directly responsible, I need to be able to be a reconciler. And I need to reconcile those who have been left behind because they've been hurt and despised and torn apart by people who do not fear God and do not know God. They know religion. They know all the how-to-dos and how-to-don'ts. But they don't know God. Because when you know God, it's a humbling experience. It brings you to your knees. It brings you to understand that who are you that God will call you out and save you and decided to bring you into his plan. It makes you humble. It keeps you in a state of humility because you know who you are and you know your faults and still God decides to forgive you because the blood of Jesus is eternal and it keeps shedding and it keeps cleaning. It doesn't stop. That's why you and I have no right to point a finger at no one who's going through whatever they're going through because the blood of Jesus can cleanse anyone's sin. We make so many mistakes sometimes as human beings. We make wrong choices. We, we select things that are wrong. We do things that are wrong. But God is able to turn our lives around. He can give us enough grace to get through it. He can give us enough strength to get past it. 
He can break any stronghold. It doesn't matter what the enemy has planned for you. God can work it out for good. He can just change your life around in spite of your pain. God can be glorified in your life. Allow him to heal you and bring you up and make you into the person that he destined you to be. Don't let pain destroy you. Let it make you stronger as someone told me yesterday over and over and over again. And does make you stronger. If you don't allow yourself to well in a pity party. Don't allow it. It hurts. Cry. Cry. God allows you time to grieve things. But then you know what? Get over it. Bury it. Bury it. Don't walk around with a dead person on your back. Come on. Can you picture no can you picture that? That's what pain does. You carry around dead people with you. Come on, that stinks. Don't allow, don't allow it. Say aloud, you know it's over. God just help me every day. Say I'm over it. I'm over it. God, I give this back to you. Every time the enemy brings it, I'm giving it back to you. I don't want this. This I'm not carrying this any longer. You know, everybody, you can notice a depressed person 10 miles away. Even a blind person can see it. <laughs> because, because it's a matter of what that person carries. You feel it. You don't see it. You feel it. And this is why we have to stress on being joyous all the time. Even in our greatest pain, we can still rejoice. When my husband didn't serve the Lord, every time I had to prepare to give a class or preach, that man made sure he was home. And the things that man did to me, I cannot speak them here. But they were so destroying. And I had to get on my way to church and put on my church face. And many times... I came into the church with tears in my eyes, but I began to bless God because I knew that he is faithful to his promises and that one day he would do what I had prayed for. You see, because I believe if Mike wouldn't have received the Lord, God would have taken him out the way because God knew the time. I'm not trying to say, don't, don't pray for him. <laughs> Let me be careful here. <laughs> I mean, I said it a couple of times. Lord, kill him. He actually did. You know, spiritually, he killed those things that was within him. It was devastating. My life was like, and every time I had to come and preach and say something, I had to deal with this, this demon that would demoralize me and, and make me feel less than who I was. And I had to encourage myself. And then there was a time where I said, wait a minute, this ain't working no more. He would tell me and I would just quote scripture to him. Oh, that demon used to get mad. He was saying, I would just say, bang. I was saying, no, because I don't know. It's not what you say, what God says. You believing a lie. I said, I'd rather believe the lie than believe, believe what you believe because at least I got a guarantee you don't have any. What's going to happen to you when you open your eyes and you find yourself in the midst of hell? Yes, I went there. He would say, there's no such thing. I said, well, you know what? That's all right. 
I believe what I believe, and you cannot change my mind about what I believe, because I've tasted the goodness of God. So you stay with what you believe, I will stay with what I believe, and I guarantee that if I look down on you, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, dude. And sometimes it will come out, it wasn't a nice thing to do, but it was so much pressure that the only thing that would come out was with, with the words of God. And finally say, you know what, you don't have to believe. You don't have to. You made a choice. And all I did was pray. And in the midst of his sickness, when they told him he was going to die, he said, God, have mercy on me. <laughs> God had to take him there. And that's when he gave his heart to the Lord. And God told him specifically, I've added years to your life. Hallelujah. So I, I can be the devil's advocate sometimes. When he bothers me, I said, remember, God added years to your life. He says, honey, you don't have to go there. I said, oh, no, I know. I'm sorry. But you know it's true. <laughs> yeah, women are. I still haven't learned the, you know, I still have a problem with the word. I submit. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got you water. <laughs> it's hard. What is a true word of submission? What does it mean? What does that what that word what does that mean? Submit. means to place yourself under. I don't know about you, but I don't want to place myself under a man. He's heavy. But I learned that submission to God, if I submit to God's word, see, I looked at it this way. If I submitted to God's word, then I automatically submitted under my husband. So instead of looking at it in a negative, I said, positive submit myself under God every time I just like submit yourself under God submit yourself under his word fulfill his word because his word will work in you if you work with his word his word now what happened to Ruth out of her obedience she made a determination, and because she made a determination to go with her mother-in-law and not leave her alone, there's places where God will take our spiritual father that we must say, I will go with you. Where you go, I go. Because we are committed to the ministry and we're committed to God. And I'm so happy that many of you made that choice and you're here today. Bless the Lord. Making a decision, a conscious decision that I am going to follow the plan of God because I believe that my destiny is tied up with the leadership of this house. If I believe that, then I must submit everything that I have, who I am, what I, what I am, what I consist of. And sometimes it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. But keep it real. Let God work in your life.
Every decision will determine a circumstance. Ruth decided to go with her mother-in-law. Because of that, she found favor in a place where she was a foreigner. She wasn't an Israelite. Yet because of her faithfulness, because she was loyal to her mother-in-law, she decided where you go, I go. Where you die, I die. Your God will be my God. She made a decision. And because of that, God blessed her. Gave her a husband. Made provision. And if you look closely, you will know that in her genealogy came our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of a good decision. Make good decisions. If you made bad ones, try to correct them. If you can't, forget about them. And determine every day, make a good decision. God bless you.